Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra, where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. The mobile industry's biggest show, Mobile World Congress Barcelona, concluded a couple of weeks ago. After two years of subdued virtual event, it was a physical event this year, uh, trying to get back to its past glory. They had uh, more than 60,000 visitors this year with interesting keynotes, lots of panels and such. Many companies use this occasion to push through a lot of exciting announcements. And as usual, the Mobile World Congress news cycle started a couple of weeks before the show and continued till even few days after the show. Of course, there were tons of very interesting announcements. Metaverse, VRAN, OpenRAN, private networks were some of the key network-related themes from the show. And Samsung Networks, which is the cellular infrastructure arm of giant Samsung conglomerate, had lots of announcements at the event as well. These included significant collaborations, global VRAN and OpenRAN launches, private networks traction, and others. I've written a couple of articles on these announcements, which I'll include in the description of the podcast. Please do check them out if you need more details. But to go even deeper and behind these announcements, we have a special guest with us today with whom I'll discuss the significance of these announcements to Samsung as well as to the larger industry as such. And that is Derek Johnson, who is head of marketing and business development at Samsung Networks. Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Prakash. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, so, Derek, I think you've been with Samsung Networks for uh, you know close to six years now, right? Probably you started when many people in the U.S. didn't even know that Samsung had an infra business. Could you briefly give us your background and your journey within Samsung? Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah, Prakash, you, you have a better memory than I do. Yeah, I think you're right. It's been about six years. And yes, I, w- I would also agree that many folks, embarrassingly, including myself, uh, didn't know much about Samsung's network infrastructure business at the time. Uh, mine was a bit contextual. I didn't really know the extent to their participation in the, uh, the network's uh, technology business. But, um, you know, I joined, uh, you know, as you know, it was a very interesting time. And I came from uh, doing a few years at, at Corning, where I led the marketing team that addressed how their global wireless business, which was focused on in-building wireless infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had acquired... Mobile Access Networks, which was a firm that I joined in around, I think, maybe 2008-ish or so. That was at an inflection point where kind of investors in that company had wanted to grow the business rapidly and then sell. And so, you know, my role varied, uh, you know, in terms of the marketing from a very, you know, very targeted audiences, if you will, <laughs> you know, from uh, outside uh, companies to, to pitch the company to, to um, you know, to grow in the business. And so... Um, so I stayed with Corning for a few years, and then and then um, you know joined their development efforts, uh, and then launched you know their fiber-based DAS. And then after accomplishing that commercial launch, I found the the opportunity at Samsung, um, and you know it's been an incredible, interesting, and kind of fulfilling experience. You know they were leading five G development at the time, and I kind of joined right at the time when we were pitching and demonstrating to uh, to U.S. operators, particularly in the you know in the millimeter wave space. It's been it's been a wild a wild journey. Indeed, indeed. So uh, before we go on to the Mobile World Congress announcements, a couple of questions uh, on Samsung Network's meteoric rise in the U.S. You know, for somebody not in the know, it might seem like very sudden and even surprising, 
But I'm sure a lot of work got into winning those contracts, you know, from major operators like Verizon, you know, which prides itself about its network. What are some of the biggest reasons behind that win and continued success after that? Sure. Yes, yeah, a great question. You know, so I think why some folks in the industry may have viewed our commercial momentum in, in 5G as sudden, um, you know, is, is due in part to what has been kind of a patient and, and deliberate approach to the, you know, the network technology market that Samsung has, has taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, folks have to remember that, you know, Samsung has been in this market for over four years. So, you know, I joined six years ago, you know, with a part of my role that I really enjoyed was learning about Samsung's history and journey across, you know, the network technology as well as other markets, you know, and then telling the story of how we arrived here. But I think, you know, to get to your question on, um, you know, the specifics in terms of what has resonated with operators, you know, from my perspective, I think the reason why the leadership at, you know, a technology forward operator like Verizon chose to collaborate with us on their 4G, 5G networks is first and foremost, our, you know, technology leadership and our ability to design, deliver and deploy it. Mm-hmm. And I think the second portion, which is a little bit more, you know, kind of in the intangible side is, you know, our, our people and the, you know, kind of this collective, relentless customer focus approach that we take. I characterize it as an entrepreneurial kind of attitude combined with, you know, the discipline and experience of a large company that has, um, you know, driven part of that, that success, you know, to date, in my opinion. Well, I think you you embraced Open RAN and VRAN much more openly, pun intended, than your traditional competitors. And, and, and I think that makes perfect sense because you're not as much entrenched in them. And in fact, this provides a, an excellent opportunity for you to, to compete, right? So uh, what is your view on the prospect of Open RAN in the Americas? I mean, I'll talk about Europe a little bit later, but in US and Canada, how do you see that panning out? Sure. Um, yeah, open RAN, you know, is an interesting topic, especially at the moment for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, the one rather tricky element of open RAN has been, the, you know, the politics of the technology and the approach, both, you know, internally within the, you know, the industry. I mean, you, you kind of sit squarely in this space, right? Yeah. And externally with, you know, global market dynamics and security concerns. So I, I don't really necessarily want to touch on either of these, but all of this to say is yes, you know, we have embraced Open RAN. Uh, we embrace Open RAN, you know, and, and the reason why is because years ago, you know, operators started to express this interest and a desire to open interfaces in the RAN and introduce new vendors and feature capabilities. You know, and as a practical matter, as you noted, when, you know, we don't have, you know, an incumbent position uh, with operators like uh, we did in, with many of the US operators, you know, Open RAN does provide in, an opportunity so, you know, we have advanced open RAN here in the U.S. Um, and have done so across, you know, multiple operators, as you're aware of. Um, we see it as a viable and strong approach for network operators that want the flexibility that, that open RAN offers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in North America, I mean, I think open RAN today has been, you know, what I would call successful in its pr- progress and will continue to grow and be successful. Uh, um I think that we, the most important thing is we acknowledge that it's not for all network operators. Uh, we do not see this as a, a singular choice or, uh, you know, you're either with it or against it. Um, we acknowledge that it's uh, a choice that network operators need to make and that we will continue to develop and deploy traditional rank and 
continue to advocate for our you know, industry-leading virtualized RAN and any combination of these network technologies or approaches that the customer may want to employ, uh, or I should say deploy with their network. Okay. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, it's a lot of hype around it, but it's still a long way to go. And, and there's still the, the traditional RAN will still, uh, you know, grow and expand uh, during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, after uh, Verizon in the US, you had more deals, selected deals as such in the, in the Americas. So what is your overall strategy in terms of, you know, growth and expansion in the region? Yeah, I think, you know, for our U.S. business, uh, you know, North America business and, and growth strategy, we have, I think, you know, first and foremost, our, our focus has been, and it's been this relentless focus is on our, our current commercial customers and delivering, you know, best in class solutions to them. We we believe that, you know, your, your customers do the best bit of selling for you. So the more that we can make those network operators successful and those network operators talking about the things that they're doing with their advanced networks, the more that the the success will fall, right? Mm-hmm. The second piece, I think, of our of our growth strategy really is focuses on you know this collaborative and customer centric approach, which means that you know meeting the customers uh, where they are in their network journey. So uh, you know in the U.S., that you know, as you know, the network operators take a very different view in terms of call it traditional RAN, virtualized RAN, and open RAN. Uh, there's a varied approach, and so. The one area that we've been able to lean into is supporting all of those different types of architectural approaches and, and the technologies behind them. Mm-hmm. So we have the solutions in those three various approaches and technologies. And if there's a mutual fit to working together, then we work hard to earn their trust and you know build their network. You know, and then the third portion is in kind of new growth areas. We've sought, you know, and acknowledge that um you know, we need partnerships in certain cases and in those newer markets because we may not either have the complete solution stack, the expertise or the market access. And so we've sought to partner in those areas. And so, you know, that's uh, things like you've seen where, you know, in private networks, we've um, Mm -hmm. gone with channel partners or we've, you know, sought the assistance of some other uh, technology or transport layer folks where we don't have certain parts of that technology stack. Um, like our, our partnership with Sienna. And so, um, you know, you've, you've, you've seen that in some of our recent announcements and, and commercial deals. So that's the third aspect. Absolutely. I think the, the transport part is becoming, you know, very important as we move forward with a lot of virtualization happening and such. It hasn't gotten that much of attention yet, but I think pretty soon it will get the attention it deserves, especially when you have distributed networks with virtualization across the board and so on. So I think your uh, collaboration with Sienna is pretty important and, and significant in that respect. So now let's move on to Europe. Europe, I think it's a large region uh, with a lot of variability and many countries with unique opportunities and their own challenges. It, it seems uh, Open RAN is kind of a real trump card for you guys in the region. What do you think? How, how is your strategy there? Yeah, I think you've... Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, Prakash. I think the you know in, in Europe we've it has been in a region that we traditionally, admittedly, we do not have a, a large footprint. Mm-hmm. My colleagues in Europe have been you know been grinding away with a lot of the European operators, uh, you know, showcasing particularly when we were coming out with five G technology, you know, showcasing our capabilities. Uh, you know, in our contributions to 5G development, it did not necessarily translate into, you know, uh, 
a lot of success in terms of, of broad commercial deals. And I think now, you know, with OpenRAN and the fact that we had um, prior, you know, I think prior to the regulatory and security concerns in that region had jumped into uh, OpenRAN and had done early work in, in terms of advancing you know, our technology and advancing the ecosystem and the specifications and participating with the, the uh, OpenRAN Alliance. Mm-hmm. I think as it started to pay dividends and we're, we're starting to see it uh, in terms of some of the recent um, announcements and you know, the progress that we made with uh, with Vodafone UK and and so I am with Orange with the lab and so I think uh, I think it's the open ran uh, engagement that we've had with the industry and the fact that we uh, unlike I think you know when you look at the open ran community I feel like we we have a uh, unique offering in the in terms of mm-hmm. we are the one player if you will that uh, you know is not a what I would call top global infrastructure network infrastructure, meaning we're not, you know, we're not uh, one or two in the market. And uh, so we don't have a lot of, a lot of incumbency in various markets. Mm-hmm. And we have the depth uh, and breadth of, of the portfolio from core yep. to the radio side. Uh, and also, you know, we have the leadership in virtualized RAN in terms of the software chops that you know, I think serve us well, um, even in the you know in the open RAN space, that make it unique in terms of our ability to um, to support uh, you know an open RAN approach. So uh, I, I think um, there's a lot more to come. I think for us in in Europe, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, particularly for my colleagues uh, over there, they've been working hard to um, you know to to address those collaborations with the European operators. Very nice. So, uh, talking about this uh, announcement that you mentioned with Vodafone launching the first commercial open RAN site there, how did that come about, and why launching one single site is that important and yeah. you know that noteworthy? Right. It's it's kind of funny because I think if you're not you know, if you're outside of the industry, you're like, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Your 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 reaction might have been a little bit less than excitement, but it was a big moment in the industry. I think specifically, uh-huh. you know, in, in Europe and the dynamics as we were talking about, I would definitely have to defer to my colleagues about how it came about, if you will, uh, you know, as well as a future relationship. But I, uh-huh. I do know that we are looking forward to continuing the collaboration with Vodafone and that, you know, they've got, you know, almost, I think a few, a few thousand uh, sites that they plan to deploy that we're uh, looking to support them with. And so I think that's, that's really exciting. And I think it'll be a, so it's a large proof point and will be um, as we continue to to commercially grow with. And so I think I, that will be significant for us just in terms of, I think, the ongoing engagements that we have with the European operators. And um, and, and will serve us well, I think, in, the, in other markets where, where Open RAN is, um, is important. Yeah, I, mean, I can understand. I'm, I'm wondering... Your expansion in Europe will not be just limited to Open RAN itself, right? It could be in the legacy model as well, because it will take some time for all the operators to want to Open RAN as such, isn't it? Right, right, right. I think yeah, for yeah, specifically as it relates to legacy solutions, I can I can say this: we will you know look to support our customers with their 
legacy networks for those you know who need to require it and, and where it kind of make you know makes sense again um you know there's obviously plans in which to sunset some of those legacy like some of the legacy network infrastructure and then there's a need to support it for a certain you know amount of time i think specifically as it relates to supporting those uh those legacy networks and where we're deploying our virtualized RAN solutions, Samsung will be equipped with the capabilities to support the operators in their migration from, you know, the, the, with this complex mix of the prior generations like 2G, 4G, with, you know, 5G to a unified and simplified kind of overarching network architecture. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, safe to say that we obviously understand the need for it. We've got customers that are, you know, particularly with a software approach, uh, you know, a virtualized approach that those capabilities are going to be needed and warranted to, for us to support for those, uh, those customers. Mm-hmm. And in staying in on the same uh, VRAN and OpenRAN theme, at Mobile Congress, you made this uh, announcement of broad coalition uh, with, you know, representatives from cloud, enterprise, chipset, and, and uh, all the parts of the ecosystem itself. Could you tell me about what is the significance, what is the ultimate objective of that coalition? Sure. Yeah, we, um, so we saw the need to, you know, join with these, you know, technology leaders to expand the 5G, you know, VRAN ecosystem for driving, you know, kind of innovation, mm-hmm. you know, in the, v, you know, specifically in the VRAN market. So, you know, Dell, HPE, Intel, Red Hat, uh, I think Wind River, uh, we're all part of that, that particular announcement. So I think, you know, basically what we're saying is, look, we've you know kind of tested and validated interoperability with you know each company platform. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we've got this you know comprehensive view of the network evolution every step of, of the kind of development process from a deployment and a you know management perspective. And then mm-hmm. um, you know I think we're looking for the ecosystem to be you know to say, okay, well we're all rowing in the same direction in terms of preparation for a commercial deployment. So for network operators and folks that are deploying networks, you know, the, the various activities like getting into the lab, you know, aligning on the solution roadmaps, you know, addressing updates in terms of, of you know, kind of you know, software updates and things like that and fostering kind of a fully interoperable approach on the VRM portion. We just wanted to say, okay, look, we've agreed on the process. We've gone through these, you know, testing and, and you know, interoperability certification, if you will, and we're, we're all aligned and, and um, this is kind of commercially ready, if you will. So that's the, the objective there. So is it only looking at interop or are you, are you looking at doing more stuff uh, in the future with this coalition? One thing I can think of is, which is uh, still a major challenge right now for Open RAN is, uh, overarching management system which connects with all the different parts of the network. Anything of that sort in the in the making, or it's primarily only for interop? Right. I think in terms of the ecosystem, I can't speak to you know specifics kind of beyond what we've hmm. announced. I think the intention, though, is and I and I can speak to this specifically is where it makes sense with the ecosystem members to go deeper than interoperability testing and to drive more innovation or you know, kind of seamless deployment or network management approaches as you were, uh, you know, suggesting, uh-huh. you know, we're absolutely looking to do so and are doing so. So I think there's absolutely an ability to do that. I just can't speak to whether or not the, you know, 
in terms of the you know governance of the ecosystem if we've if that has that portion has been kind of outlined but i know that the um the spirit of it the intention is to do so and um and specifically the concept of, of going deeper with ecosystem members where it makes sense uh you know to do things you know more on a roadmap basis is certainly there okay and do you expect more vendors or even operators to join this group or uh yes I, absolutely because you know you'll obviously it was not necessarily complete from the particular players in in that in the space um, or in certain categories, as you had mentioned, kind of, you know, certain categories um, of, you know, of different folks in terms of the technology stack. So mm -hmm. yes, there's absolutely an intention to expand the ecosystem. In fact, you know, there is work being done by Samsung with folks that were outside of the, you know, outside of the ecosystem mentioned that uh, I would anticipate joining that, that ecosystem at some point. Okay, very well. So now changing subject, another market that has huge potential, private networks. You touched on it a little bit earlier. So you had this couple of uh, announcements at Mobile Congress. The first one was about the deployment at Howard University. This was, I think, a little bit before Mobile Congress. Tell us about that. Uh, because, you know, there is this notion that of the 5G private networks are for this URLLC industries and others. But... I think there's a lot of value in using even simple enhanced mobile broadband for, say, universities and, and other such campuses and so on. Tell us more about this deployment and what are some of the use cases they're looking at and, and how is it going? Yeah, thank you, Raj. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting interesting you know, start to, I think, with the private network space. You know, and for us, this, the you know, Howard University came to us through... Uh, relationship with uh, Amdocs that we've uh, recently announced as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have uh, obviously a unique set of capabilities. You know, the one area that we're currently focused them on is more of you know collaboration in the kind of the enterprise private network space. Uh, they have a mm -hmm. particular set of, of verticals. Education, higher ed, happen to be one of those verticals where they have kind of expertise and in, in, in market access to. And so, so with Howard University, we've deployed a CBRS-based, you know, kind of what I call 5G-ready uh, network for Howard. Their, mm -hmm. uh, I think, immediate use case in phase one, as you noted, was mainly uh, you know around enhanced mobile broadband. Mm -hmm. It was it's primarily Phase one is really just a, a focus on outdoor coverage. And so if you think about it, it really was largely a, uh, was providing access to students, faculty, any you know visitors to the campus to provide them with broadband service. So again, that would be largely PC and you want to tether it to, you know, they can kind of convert it into Wi-Fi or they can, if they've got a CBRS-based device, they can use, you know, and access the network, but it's mainly to, to enable broadband services across it. And then, you know, I think the university, again, this, not to speak on their behalf, but has uh, identified other potential use cases, things like point of sale, you know, kind of kiosks and you know, digital signage, things of this nature will um, enable, you know, better, not, you know, security, but also access to services and things like that for the, the student body and faculty and, and visitors. Mm -hmm. So it's an, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting use case. And I think the university systems, I think, will look, you know, at, at while CBRS and, you know, in, in general, 
the spectrum availability and the ability to, you know, its propagation advantages that it has over kind of an outdoor Wi-Fi network or things of that nature and capabilities that they get to, to, to do with it. Not only that, of trying to bring some of that stuff indoors, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where they go from there because there are a lot of, you know, distance learning applications and things, as you know, that become available with that that network and the capabilities, if, even if the university wants to do it in specific, you know, buildings and, and um, areas, you know, hotspots, if you will, across their campuses. So it's a lot of, lot of potential there. Uh-huh, and you also had a couple of interesting uh, fixed wireless access announcements at Mobile World Congress, particularly the one with Avista Edge was interesting when you're using the existing utility infrastructure to provide broadband uh, access. Could you tell us more about that? Yes. Yeah, that one, that one, this one is very, very interesting to me. Avista, and Avista Edge is basically a you know, a new company that came out of Vista and Vista Edge has got this, this concept and go-to-market approach as well as a technology mm-hmm. that they're offering. Effectively, a, you know, a CPE that fits onto, you know, the electrical utility meter. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been collaborating with them on the network infrastructure, um, you know, over their existing mm-hmm. electrical utility, uh, like local electrical utilities, like for example, the trial that we did with them, where, you know, at least the edge comes in, they've got the CP, but they've also are kind of packaging this up mm-hmm. um, in terms of the go-to-market for the electrical utility and provides those electrical utilities with an, with an opportunity to mm-hmm. serve these rural underserved markets or, or not, not even served uh, markets so they can bring broadband to their end users. And so it's an interesting go-to-market and use case, I think, to close the digital divide, particularly in rural areas. And their focus is those um, you know, rural uh, electrical service providers, uh, they're called pups, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it's a fascinating business model. And I think it's, it's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. player as we talk about the kind of rural broadband divide uh, or the rural, you know, broadband initiatives to close the, the uh, digital divide out there. And that is on CBRS spectrum as well, or correct? Yes. Okay. CBRS was a little bit uh, slow to take off, but I think it is going everywhere. It has tons of uh, opportunities. I think we'll see rapid growth this year and next year, especially with five G coming in and with the fixed wireless access becoming a key use case for five G. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting year for CBRS for sure. Sure. I think we can keep talking for hours together on these subjects, but I think we, we, we covered a lot of ground as such. Any final comments or any major things that we missed from your Mobile World Congress activities and the announcements you did there? Uh, no, I think, you know, I, I think we've, we, yeah, we cover, I agree. We covered a lot of ground. I think it's, you know, this has been a great journey um, and it's always a you know pleasure to discuss this with, with experts like yourself, Prakash. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm very excited. I think, you know, our focus is, as we kind of alluded to, we spent a lot of time talking about ORAN has been on our, our VRAN leadership and, you know, just ensuring that for operators, you know, globally that are, are looking to take a, um, a, a virtualized approach to their RAN, you know, they give us a call because I think we've got, you know, the commercial experience, the breadth, um, definitely the technology leadership and the, as I said, the commercial success to um uh to deliver and so um you know i think uh this year is a you know it's going to be a interesting and pivotal year for us in that space and uh 
And so I'm looking forward to it and I'm happy to, happy to be here and, and chat with you. It's uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Uh, thank you very much for all the information and insights. A lot of exciting stuff happening on uh, 5G and open RAN and private networks front. I really appreciate you coming on to Tantra's Mantra. Hope to see you back soon on the show. So folks, that's all for now. I hope it was informative and you found this to be useful. If you did, please hit that subscribe button down there. I'll be back very soon with another episode, putting light on another interesting subject. Bye-bye for now.